0: or this uh, what is nothing hey, Now that's deep what in the fuck are we doing here that's What is that's deep bro Welcome to That's Deep Bro, Serious Questions with Silly People. I'm your host, Christina P. What what do you think of that, Christina P? No more uh, a to go after it. I can't do it anymore, you know? (laughs) the lifetime of mispronunciation. Um, It's too much. Anyway, hi guys. Thanks for for downloading this episode of That's Deep Bro. I'm really excited to do this topic as I supremely fucked it up last week. I recorded it um, and I... Sound studio failed me. I, it was horrible, uh, but whatever. It gave me a chance to think about it even more and uh, and have some more perspective on it. And the topic this week is the dark side, band dark side, the dark side of the force. Um, in light of the new Star Wars movie, I'm sure you guys are all watching the old ones too, right? Like I am. I am. I am. St- I am stuck in my house right now with a newborn, a five week old. And my husband and I have planted ourselves firmly on our couch for the next three months. <laughs> um, and we're rewatching all those fantastic Star Wars movies. And as you know, the brilliance of Star Wars, it's not just a stupid story about Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Leia and Jabba the Hutt and the Ewoks and Darth Vader. Um, it's a story about good and evil and succumbing to your dark side of the Force or not. Um, or seeing the bright side, right? And But the thing with Vader, man, okay? If you watch Return of the Sith, or is it Revenge of the Sith? I don't even know. Revenge of the nerds. Revenge of the Sith nerds. Is that he points out that there's some positive. There's good stuff to be in dorks at it. There's some dark stuff that works. So, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the dark side, man. Why the hell not? Ooh, let's do it with Nick Cave. Who's darker than Nick Cave? Oh, I like this song. This song is on... Uh... Peaky Blinders. Have you seen that show? I've seen everything. <laughs> I can talk extensively on everything on Netflix right now, on Hulu, on Showtime, on HBO, because I've been watching... Not, I've, that's all I've been doing is feeding a child and watching television for the last two months. <sighs> it's weird because I never watch this much TV. I can talk about it. I talk about it all day. I don't give a fuck. All right, let's go. Let's go. Peaky Blinders. I don't even know what a Peaky, I, I do know what Peaky Blinders, it's a hat that they have on. Okay, so anyway, this is in the Peaky Blinders. Let's do it. meet for the first time for the last time. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. What? I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing! Which is what you are about to become. Prepare to you have the ring and I see your Schwartz is as big as mine <laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Come on, spaceballs Spaceballs one of the funniest movies of all time, dude That's uh, Mel Brooks. Come on. I saw that movie a million times as a kid. This movie in Blazing Saddles. God, shit is so fucking funny. Lord Helmet. How brilliant are the Star Wars movies, by the way? Can we talk about that? Just the sheer scope of... Uh, like, okay, first of all, not only does Homeboy... He has he a whole world constructed, right, Lucas? And... Everything has its own world contained in a world. First of all, the names for shit, like Luke Skywalker, that's a cool name. Han Solo, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, they sound like otherworldly names. Like, he didn't just, you know, pick it up off the back of a fucking cracker box. Like, those are, it's a really cool language. And, And the worlds they've constructed, you know, like... The Ewoks belong to their own world, and the the Wookiees belong to the Wookiee world, and there's the doobie-doobie planet that, that the Tauntauns run on, and Jabba the Hutt speaks this language. It's so specific. You know, I've worked in, I've developed, like, c- cartoons for TV, and it takes months to even come up with, like, a pilot episode that vaguely has some kind of a world constructed And it takes a long. It takes like twelve episodes to find the legs on a show. Can you imagine the amount of work that went into Star Wars and constructing a world that specific and that good? And not just that, even the 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 special effects even hold up, considering how old ass these movies are. They still look pretty great. Uh, And above all that, the story is pretty fucking cool, right? You've got Anakin. Skywalker. At least I like that. This is my focus. Is is this guy who was once a Jedi? Which, by the way, how fucking cool are Jedi's? And I haven't seen the new movie yet because I'm housebound. But I hear that there's female, lady Jedi's now, which is it's about time because I watch that stuff and I'm like, dude, my whole life that's all I've wanted is to be a Jedi. Apparently, that's the thing I should have been doing this whole time is going into outer space and finding these Jedi's and training with them. That shit looks awesome. Anyways, Anakin Skywalker, Jedi, feels as though he wants more. His ego is is dominating him. He wants to be bigger than just a stupid old Jedi. And he's got this hot Natalie Portman, a beautiful Jewess. She's very Jewy looking. Not that that's a bad thing, but I didn't really realize until now, like, oh, Natalie Portman's like super Jewish looking. It's almost like Ari Shafir you know, with the buns. But anyways, okay, so Padma Padma, Padme gets preggers with Luke Skywalker and Leia, we find out later. Twins. And uh, we find out in a premonition that Anakin has that she's gonna die. And so to try to save his lady love, yeah, right, that's one reason. But the real reason is his hate and his ego. He trains with the the Sith Lord, and he goes to the dark side of the forest, and he falls into some kind of lava river and he burns his face and he legs off and then he becomes Darth Vader. And, and then you wonder, well, how does he ever take a dump or how does he wipe? How does he do anything anymore? Because he's all burned up and, and part robot, part man. It's crazy. So then he finds out Luke's his son. Well, he knows Luke's his son, obviously. And he wants to turn him to the dark side of the force. But Luke resists. But here's the cool thing is that there's value to the dark side of the Force. Um, that's what the Sith Lord tells Anakin to convince him, right? Like, there's some... there's the, the the Jedi's are cool, but all they focus on is this positive energy crap, man. Okay? And it can't always be puppies and rainbow and, and force yourself into feeling good all the time because there's the dark side and they don't want you to know the dark side because the dark side's got power too. And that got me to thinking... Well, is that really true? Is that valid? Is there a benefit to the dark side of the force? Because I'll tell you, uh, quite honestly, that I work really, really fucking hard to be normal-ish. To be, mm, how do I put this? Like it, it takes a lot for me to uh, have a baseline of like positive, normal, I guess, f- feelings and stuff. Like I, I'm pretty diligent. <laughs> You know i see a shrink i i watch kooky videos on youtube i talk about reiki um you know i'm i'm trying to stay conscious to to try to I constantly improve myself you know it's a lot of fucking work uh so i think in pushing out and, and always wanting to be positive that's also kind of a negative you know what i mean like The benefit of the self-help movement is obviously vast. You know, you grow, you get over your childhood bullshit, you evolve, you learn to love, you learn to get outside of yourself. But in doing that and constantly pushing away the dark shit that we all have, is that necessarily good, you know? And I've read a lot of Buddhism and and, and stuff. And, And do the Jedis, do they... Are they pushing away the dark side? I don't know. I don't know how they deal with their dark thoughts. I don't really know. We don't see Luke uh, dealing. Well, do we? No, he does. Yeah, we see him confront his father, which is fucking really crazy that he he confronts his father at one point. I forget which which movie that was. And uh, his dad's like, hey, man, join me. Join me in the dark side. And Luke's like, fuck you, dad. I got my own thing going. I'm my own Jedi which is really hard to do when you think about wanting your parental approval, right? That's a crazy thing that Luke can resist the the yearning that every child has to have their dad's approval, especially the father-son bond, right? How uh, how interesting is that, that he is able to be his own person and basically tell his dad to go fuck himself? <sighs> That's some heavy shit, right? Most people can't do that. I have a hard time doing that, setting boundaries with my my parent uh, the other one's gone but you know shit I wanted both their approval for so many years that's and then you know and then you realize you're never gonna get it and uh, and then you kind of operate from a different place but Luke's a highly evolved motherfucker. I mean he doesn't need his dad's approval and he went on to be a good Jedi the point is the dark side I think if you're honest with yourself I think all of us carry a little bit of shame about the dark side of all of us. I think I think that this journey into motherhood uh, has taught me that there are going to be ugly thoughts. There are going to be dark times. There are some times when my kid cries and oh, <laughs> I can't see a way out and I fucking lose it in my head and... Uh, you know what I mean? We are just like, I can't. This is it. Why did I do this? This is, this is craziness. Why did I have a child? Oh, my God. You know, and then a few hours pass and the kid smiles at you or does something adorable and it's all worth it and you're back in normal town again. But those dark moments, you know, if unacknowledged, can wreak havoc on your life. The dark shit that you're trying to hide from people unfortunately kind of seeps out uh in other areas. I read this book uh was it last week by Debbie Ford. I know it sounds like the the alcoholics is it the uh not AA but <laughs> Debbie Ford Clinic. I thought that's who it was at first. I don't think this is the same debbie ford but deborah she goes by deborah ford i think too no no she goes by debbie i think she's dead now the point is debbie ford wrote this book called the dark side of the light chasers um i should be embarrassed saying that title um it's kind of embarrassing that i'm telling you that i read something called the dark side of the light chasers <laughs> so fucking embarrassing <laughs> What have I become? Uh, my boobs are leaking right now. I uh, have The Dark Side of the Light Chasers by Debbie Ford. And it sounds like a really kooky shoes new agey book. And some yes, some no. It's actually based on Carl Jung. And um, you've heard of that guy, right? We've talked about him and the archetypes he wrote about that. But here, let me see. She talks about the shadow effect, the term shadow. It's from Carl Jung. When it refers to the parts of our personality that have been rejected out of fear, ignorance, shame, or lack of love. Like we reject uh, parts of ourselves. His basic notion of the shadow was simple. Uh, The shadow is the person you would rather not be. (sighs) He believed that integrating the shadow would have a profound impact, enabling us to rediscover a deeper source of our own spiritual life. To do this, Jung said, we are obliged to struggle with evil. Confront the shadow to integrate the devil. And here's the part that's the kicker, is that there is no other choice. In other words, you got to go into the dark in order to bring forth your light. And when you suppress your feelings or your impulses, you're also suppressing its polar opposite, right? If you deny Your ugliness, you lessen your beauty. If you deny your fear, you minimize your courage. So, right? It's like on the human spectrum. Everyone's got everything inside of them. And if you deny the part of you that you think is considered ugly or vile or embarrassing, mm, then you can't feel all the other stuff, right? It's not like you can shut down part of your emotions. If you shut down part of it, you're shutting down all of it. Oh. You know, and I think a lot about uh, I carry a lot of shame around my mom and her mental illness and my childhood i for some reason i'm i'm you know i f- I fear that people will see me so see me as defective or crazy or you know mentally ill myself because I came from such crazy origins, and I always worry that people won't understand or or, uh, or that they may think I'm a nut, you know. But doing this podcast has helped that because I get so many emails from you guys, and you let me know that you have space alien uh, family too, and that we're all space aliens in this, and that definitely helps knowing that there's others. But I think, I think that shame's always gonna be there to some extent, and and the parts of my mom that are in me. That's the stuff I have a really hard time reconciling, right? You know, you don't have a parent that you just, you struggle with and then you see yourself doing the same stuff that they did and you just want to disown that part of yourself. <sighs> That's the fuck part about being a parent is that you end up doing the same stuff or you're, you know, you're wired because your parents wired you certain ways, and you see yourself reacting to your kid the same way and you panic and you're like, oh, God, this horrible person. No, you're not a horrible person. And uh, the key is to embrace that crap because if you don't, it just ekes out. And it, the stuff that you repress ekes out. For instance, um, Debbie Deborah Ford talks about people like, um, like Ted Haggard, like people who are really, really into telling you how to live. A lot of these people are the biggest hypocritical pieces of shit um, that walk the planet. So beware of anyone that's like telling you how it is and uh, how you should be living like like Ted Haggard. Remember him? Uh, Preacher guy. Hated the homosexuals, right? (laughs) Big preacher telling you what to do with your life. Lo and behold, blowing guys in the bathroom, doing crystal meth. And the wife sticks by him, by the way, which is <laughs> Where do you draw the line? where What problems does she have that she's sticking with Ted Haggard? And the guy doesn't want to bone you. that's the That's the kicker, you know I get it I get it stand by your man, and maybe that's your your motto, but he doesn't want to you know he doesn't want to put his painter in you or not like, "Come on, what what's in it for you, sweetheart? I don't know. Um Yeah, okay, hold on, hold on. There's this great part in here. Oh, okay, so so Deborah talks about this part where she was giving a speech in front of a bunch of people, and uh and some lady in the back of the room goes, You're a bitch. And she says that her you know, her heart sank, and and like, how did this person know that I was a bitch? You know, because the traits that you don't want people to see in yourself, you try desperately to get rid of, right? Like, you overcompensate. It's kind of like when you're driving a car and your alignment's screwy and it veers to the left and you have to overcompensate to make the car go straight, right? Right? And then in, in doing that, you're overcompensating. So maybe you veer too much to the right. So basically, Debbie, Deborah, was overcompensating by trying to be saccharine sweet and nice, but your true self leaks out all the time. Uh, you can't. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this lady asked her why she hated this part of herself. And um, she told her it was the part of her that caused the most shame. Uh, okay, and so this lady said to her, I see that being a bitch had only brought myself and others pain. Then this woman said to her, "That called her a bitch, What you don't own, owns you. <sighs> That's pretty deep, right, bros? Like the traits in yourself that you refuse to see, those blinders you have on, for good reason, by the way. There's a lot of shit that you don't want to see in yourself. And um, she talks about the reason being, like maybe you were shamed early on for, maybe this woman Debbie was shamed for being a bitch early. She was probably told to be a good girl, which let's face it, a lot of us uh, are. I can't, even, even right, there's a meme. Bitchy resting face. God forbid, uh, girls aren't smiling and sexually available and enticing every minute of the day. Women are expected to be jovial and uh, peppy and perfect and have perfect homes um, that are kept clean all the time. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so you suppress like the 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 trait of being a bitch, right? You're shamed for it. You suppress it. But what this book is trying to encourage you to do is to embrace that trait because there are times that being a bitch is probably really good. And she uses the example of um, having work done on her house. And maybe the work is going over budget and taking longer than expected. Well, wouldn't being a bitch kind of be really good at that time to get the workers to get the, you know, hurry the fuck up and finish your job? So those things that we hate about ourselves, the dark stuff, is actually pretty useful in certain circumstances. I think I struggle with that too, of being a kind of bitchy maybe. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Uh, but with that trait that you, if you don't own your bitchiness, it's like you're overcompensating for it all the time. Like think about the stuff in your life where you just, you're overcompensating for it. And, and Debbie says, if you want to find out what those things are, I know you're probably thinking to yourself, well, what the fuck? What is it? What is it that I don't, what, what do I not admit to? She says, To think about something printed in a newspaper. Think of five things printed in a newspaper about you that you would be mortified that people knew about you, okay? So five things printed in in a public place, a newspaper. Nobody reads newspapers anymore, but, you know, whatever, on TMZ, uh, that if people knew about you, you would be horrified about, okay? And those five things are part of your shadows. And then you're supposed to think of five things that uh, you don't care if people know about you. And those are things that you're, you've accepted about yourself. Huh. Right? Right. Oh, it's so crazy. I did the list. I'm not going to tell you what mine are. You guys probably know already. It's pretty fucking transparent, right? It's not like I hide much from you. <laughs> What's the point in hiding it, you know? Someone told me I overshared on this podcast, and I thought to myself, well, who Who cares? Who fucking cares? It's not like you guys haven't done the same stuff, right? Who 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 hasn't done all this stuff? And that's the point of this book, this shadow thing. It's like we all we're all connected in this, she calls it a holographic universe. You know, when people say like, oh, we're all the same. I used to not believe that until I read this book. Cause she's right. Like, really at our core, we all go through the same feelings about stuff. You know, like I was uh I was I was feeding my son this morning and I was breastfeeding him. My husband comes in and he uh, looked at my kid, our kid, my kid. It's my kid. I made it. I popped it out of my cooch at night. And he goes, uh, that right there, that's the core of every human being. He goes, uh, that's all we want is just to suck and to be happy and to feel safe and to feel warm and loved. And I thought, oh, fuck, he's right about that. That stuff, that's all we want <laughs> is to be nurtured and loved and approved of, right? So when someone disapproves some part of you, you internalize that stuff and you want to hide those bad parts of your, of your ego because it's too hard to deal with, right? If you if you want to eat all the cookies and someone calls you a greedy little girl, uh-oh, now you learn that greed is bad. Oh, that's a bad trait. And I I have that in me and I got to cover that up. So here are some things, because I I didn't know what words to look for. Here are some traits. The shadow wears many faces, she says in chapter two. Okay. Uh, it can be fearful, greedy, angry, vindictive, evil, selfish, manipulative, lazy, controlling, hostile, ugly, undeserving, cheap, weak, critical, judgmental, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, here's a really interesting part. About This stuff, which I kind of had a little breakthrough on is, you know, when you you meet somebody and or you, not even that dude, like someone on Twitter, um, you just fucking hate their Twitter feed. Oh, God, I just I hate that person or their Instagram. Oh, I hate that person's profile. God, I hate them. I just, you know, just a, there's a trait in that in that person's personality that you are so activated by well like for instance let's say somebody's really angry and you know you've attracted this friend this new friend who's super angry and it just lights you up all the time you're like dude i hate that god damn it why is this person so angry all the time well probably it's because you haven't dealt with your own unresolved anger like you're angry is what she's saying and that's it's like it you know that saying it takes one to know one So you haven't dealt with your shit and someone comes along and they have that trait that you haven't dealt with and it serves as a mirror. So basically, here's the horrifying part. Every experience you have is only a result of how you see the world, of your things that you're repressing and things that you're accepting about yourself and in others. So if you're attracting POSs to you all the time, you really got to look at what you're doing. Where is your head at? You know, one time I attracted many years ago, like an 07, a real piece of shit manager. Like this dude, he didn't manage me, but he approached me and he has a really bad reputation, like a really scumbaggy reputation. And I remember telling another comedian about this and he goes, wow, you better look at yourself and see what part of you attracted that. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't understand it at the time. And I don't think necessarily, like, if you, the, the, thing, is, the thing with this stuff is that you're going to attract all types. You're going to attract everything. Now, it's who you invite in that makes the difference, right? Because sometimes people with these traits that are, quote, negative or whatever, they're going to be attracted to you because you're dealing with it, yes. But it's who you say yes to, who you allow in that matters in all of this, right? Like uh, girls who like shitty guys. Abusive dudes or dudes that don't call or dudes who, you know, drink too much or whatever. It's one thing to be attracted to them. I think it's another thing to be able to walk away and go, oh, my God, I'm attracted to this. I got to run. <laughs> you know, that's when you've hit a benchmark of evolution, when you can walk away from that stuff. Because I, I attract a certain thing in my life, right? And um, I don't think I've resolved all my my mommy issues and I uh, I tend to attract a certain thing over and over in my life. And I've no- it comes around. It comes around. It comes around. Why? Because I haven't dealt with it. And then when you deal with your dark side with the shadow, the thing will come around, but it's not an issue. Right? And you've learned to be like, nah, that's cool. And it doesn't activate you. It doesn't trigger you. Um, and that's the cool part. Now, I found this to be really... Um, Interesting. So a quality that you you find in somebody else that you just cannot stand, it's usually a quality that you and yourself haven't dealt with. Um. (laughs) Okay, okay, yeah. It's a quality that you can't accept in yourself if, if, uh, you know... That's so true. God, I'm such a fucking horrible person. Okay. Um, And also the people that you admire. I think that was really interesting. If you think about the people who you look up to, like an Oprah Winfrey... Um, who I look up to, I think she's really fucking amazed. I love Ronda Rousey. Um, I love Anthony Bourdain. These people, they have traits that this book says they have traits that you may have in, inside of you too, but maybe aren't activated as much as it is in that person. You know, like it's basically you're admiring yourself. That's the narcissism of this whole thing. It's like you, <laughs> you, you're admiring the traits that you see in yourself that you want more of when you say you admire a public figure. And that's kind of the function of public figures is to live out the fantasy of this evolved being, right? So they public figures and celebrities, they take our projections, good or bad. The, the stuff we like about them, we think they're amazing celebrities, right? Even though we don't know these people and this, and the celebrities we hate, oh, we just hate them. It's because we're just projecting our own, um, hatred to ourselves, oh right oh my goodness okay so she here's what she says uh it's only when you're lying to yourself or, or hating some aspect of yourself that you'll get an emotional charge from someone else's behavior now that's what i was um talking about earlier when someone does something it's one thing to notice it it's another thing to get really 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 fired up about it um and she uses the example of the seminar of uh, this guy in the seminar hating another guy in the seminar because he perceived that other man to be weak. And uh, Debbie was talking to him. He goes, oh, I just hate that guy. He's, such a, he's so weak. He's so, oh, fuck, I hate weak people. He didn't say fuck, but he was like, I hate weakness. I hate weakness. And it turns out that, guess what? Mommy and daddy shamed him for being weak in his own childhood. And that is why he uh, was charged by this other person's weakness. <sighs> right, man. I know. I know. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Oh, and this is interesting too. Um, okay, hold on. We project our own perceived shortcomings onto others. We say to others what we should be saying to ourselves. When we judge others, we are judging ourselves. If you constantly beat yourself up with negative thoughts... You either beat up on the people around you verbally, emotionally, or physically or you will beat up on yourself by destroying some area of your own life. What you do and what you say is no accident. There are no accidents in this life you create. In this holographic world, everyone is you and you are always talking to yourself. (sighs) Yeah. She uses a story about, um, hold on. Is it a monk? No, this philosopher. Okay. So this philosopher was, oh, there's an old Sufi story about a philosopher who made an appointment to debate with Nasruddin, a Sufi wisdom teacher. When the philosopher arrived for his appointment, he found Nasruddin away from his home. Infuriated, the philosopher picked up a piece of chalk and wrote stupid oaf on Nasruddin's gate. When Nasruddin got home and saw this, he rushed right over to the philosopher's house I had forgotten, he said, that you were to call, and I'm sorry I missed our appointment. But I remembered our appointment the minute I saw that you had written your name on my gate. <laughs> so our indignation, she writes, over the behavior of others is usually about an unresolved aspect of ourselves. If we listen to everything that comes out of our mouths when we talk to others, judge others, or give advice, we should turn it around and just give it to ourselves. Oof. The philosopher could just as easily have written Rudolf inconsiderate liar or backstabbing coward. On the other hand, he could have come to a totally different conclusion and been afraid that Nasruddin had been hurt in an accident or had fallen ill. But the words that came to him when Nasruddin was not home was stupid oaf. Because that's how he saw himself. (sighs) Right? Oh my god. So if you're fucking hating yourself all the time, then that's why you're hating others all the time. Oh my God. I am so fucked up, right? Oh, oh God. I am doomed. Is that what stand up comics do? All we do is talk about what shit we hate, and people we hate. Oh, goodness. All right. Okay, so here's more about celebrities um, the people who you admire, their success, their creativity, their power. You deserve to have whatever it is you see and truly desire, she says. The only difference between you and the people you idolize is that they are manifesting... I'm so sick of that word, manifesting. Aren't you fucking sick of that? God, that is like the last the word of the last 10 years. Oh no, since the secret came out. (laughs) Manifesting. Okay, anyway. Uh, People you idolize is that they are manifesting one of the qualities you desire and probably fulfilling their dreams. When you are not living up to your potential... It's easy to project your positive traits onto people who are living up to theirs. When you start to fulfill your own dreams and goals, you'll become less interested in what other people are doing. We each need to become our own hero. Ooh, the only way to do this is to take back the parts of us that are plugged into someone else, the parts of us that we have given away. Oh, man. Isn't that interesting? So, like, even the people that you idolize are kind of sucking your own juju right like you're spending so much energy getting into that person's life and world and and their stuff that you know you're just kind of being a vampire on someone else's juju so i think she's trying to say like hey man look into yourself and do your own juju and you'll feel a lot better oh i've i've done that i've spent nights like obsessing over kim deal or whoever <laughs> kim gordon what are they about? What, what's she doing? Oh, wow. I let, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Okay, here we go. As long as we deny the existence of certain traits in ourselves, we continue to perpetuate the myth that others have something we don't possess. See, when we admire someone, it's an opportunity to find it another aspect of ourselves, to take back our positive projections as well as our negative. So that's interesting. Actually, idol worship, um, don't seek the false idol, right? Isn't that one of the 10 commandments. I think when you, so when you're idol worshiping, you're, you're giving away You're you're, you're believing that that person has something you don't, which in this holographic world, she says, we all have everything. Everyone has these traits in them. It's so funny. Yeah. I used to think that successful people were way better than me. I remember talking to my shrink about that one. Like, I guess it was an unconscious belief that I thought that, I don't know, like royalty were better than me. And, uh, highly successful people were better than me and it was so unconscious but that's so you know now I know that that's totally not the case that's ridiculous There's their POS is just like I am they go to the same stuff that I do I think I don't know although I do like to imagine people that are more successful than me I like to think about what's wrong with their lives don't you I love to imagine what makes them unhappy or like what's wrong with their lives mm, that feels pretty good too <laughs> I just like to fill in the gaps of what sucks in their life so that I feel better. <laughs> so there you go. Um all right, so what's the good thing? What is there any good news in this whole thing? Well, um yeah. Okay, first of all, as I said earlier, I think women bear the brunt of this shadow stuff the most. Uh, If you look at popular figures in our culture, it's very rare that a woman can be unlikable, have detestable qualities. And I'm talking like in fiction, for instance, like uh, if you look at our television shows, very rarely can women play pieces of shit with the exception of nurse Jackie, which I absolutely love that show because she's a junkie and a liar and she's cheating on her husband and she's fucking everything up. And it's a great, some great female characters in that show um, Homeland, great. Another sometimes unlikable character, Claire Danes is n- some at some point in that series. Not a great mom, um, not a great girlfriend. Doesn't want to be married, you know. Ooh, that's that's scary. So yeah, for women, it's a bit harder for us to and uh, to embrace the dark side. And I've noticed this with motherhood and having a newborn is that uh, bitches be lying, bitches be telling half truths, truths about a pregnancy and and having children because there's some really fucked up shit that happens, dude. And I'm not just talking about having you know, your taint cut and sewn up or uh <laughs> um or just the pain of pregnancy. It fucking hurts. And having a newborn. Guess what? Having a newborn isn't always sunshine and bliss. You know, like I look at the tabloids and it's like the Kardashians have another baby. Baby bliss. You're like, wait, what are you talking about? When I'm up at five in the morning changing this kid's diaper, exhausted, I can't even see straight, or when he's crying for the second consecutive hour for no apparent reason, what part of that is bliss? And I, I feel like there's a, you know, and I do love my son. Please, and I, I very much wanted him, and I do I fucking love this kid. I would, I would kill for this kid, uh, but there's parts that are not amaze all the time. And uh, I think as women, we need to share that part because we judge ourselves really harshly if we don't live up to the standards set by other women and by actually no, I mean, my friends are pretty cool, but by the media and, 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 and like these ridiculous mommy websites, it's so stupid. They're I wish they could just be honest and tell you that sometimes it fucking sucks and you're not going to enjoy it all the time and you're going to question everything. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I gotta do an episode on that—the the shit no one tells you about uh, pregnancy and motherhood because there's a there's a the sisterhood lie, dude. And I ask a lot of my friends, why do not you tell me that having a newborn sucks so bad, it's so hard? And two of my friends that have like ten year old kids and higher, they both said, "Oh yeah, well we don't want to tell you because we don't want to scare you anymore. Like we figured you were scared enough. I'm like no, you need to tell people." <laughs> You need to tell, because otherwise I'm living up to this unrealistic expectation of baby bliss, baby bliss. It's, everything's amazing all the time. Ah. Yeah. What's the point in this? Oh, the positive. Okay. So here's a good part about the dark side of the forest is that it's, it's actually where the best stuff is, unfortunately, in life. I think creatively anyways, creatively, um, I've never written a good joke When things are amazing and I'm super happy. Never not once. Not a one. Now, maybe a fart joke, like stupid ones. But the stuff that really hits and really resonates with people has always been the darkest hour. It's come out of the darkest hour. And if you can find a way to mine the darkest hour, whether it be through whatever creative outlet you have, writing, painting, drawing, Maybe you, I don't know, garden? I don't fucking, is that, that's creative, yeah. In those dark times, I think that's where you really are. I think that's part of the stuff you don't want to admit to. That's the hugest stuff. I like to smoke pot. I don't know anymore, obviously, but pot's a great way to figure all that dark shit out. It's hard to actually see your spots, which is what this book is about. Like, We don't always know what sucks about us or the stuff that we don't like in ourselves, And she tells you to go ask other people, which fuck that, right? She's like, if you want to know what's bad about you, ask the people closest to you. No way. You think I want to know what's wrong with me? I kind of know already. But I don't need people telling me why I suck. Shit, I'm on the internet. I already know how much I suck. I, I have YouTube comments. You think I need to hear it from my spouse? No way, man. Anyway, if you've got the cojones to do that. That's one easy way. Ask your spouse or your friends or your cousin or whoever what's what what are some things that are not fantastic about me? And then they'll tell you, Ugh. <laughs> I can't handle that. <laughs> uh, I guess I missed the whole point of the book, right? You're supposed to be able to handle it, because you're supposed to be able to see it as not inherently negative. <sighs> Too sensitive. So there, there you have it. So yeah, use it, use it, use it for the positive stuff, I guess. I I don't know. I'm going to leave you with this. Do you remember a show called Trading Spouses? I do, and I loved it. And uh, I think it's still on. But there is this fucking nutbag Christian woman. Um, I don't know if you remember her, but just see if you can figure out what's kind of special about her. She's coming home from her week with the other house, and her children and her husband are so happy to see her. But... Maybe she's not so happy about the experience she had. Let's take a listen. She's, I think she's... Yeah, she's here. She's here. No way. Hey, Bonnie. Hey. 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 Oh, no. No. It's so dark sad. It's What? dork sadded <laughs> Huh? Not of God. It's not Christians. (laughs) Did you not ask if she believed in God? She's not a Christian. (laughs) She could be a Jew and believe in God. It doesn't matter. She She, she's tampering in dark sided stuff. (laughs) Yes, yes, she did. Mm. The entire house Mm. is dark sided. (laughs) She said her whole house is. She is dark sided too. (laughs) Why are you mad at us? (laughs) <laughs> did you hear that? The daughter, the teenage daughter, goes. Are you mad at us? You, did you see that? Did you catch that? So this this fucking horrible woman comes home from trading spouses, a silly reality show, and she's claiming that the family's dark sided because they don't believe in Christianity the way she does. Hmm. Who do you think's got the dark side here? And the poor daughter, who's too old to be in- internalizing mom's craziness, asks if it's her fault. Are you mad at us? Isn't that sad? Oof. See, that's that's the shit part about living with cray cray. Is that the kids blame themselves? Okay, here we go. Watch her wind up though. This is this is the best. Oh man. This is my house. I want no money. I want nothing. I want my God and I want my family. (laughs) This is tainted. I don't want it. So she's ripping up the prize money that she got from the show. It's tainted because it's not Christian. The money that she got from the show. Whatever it is, it's tainted. Whatever it is, you're giving me. I give it up to God. I'm a God warrior. And I don't (laughs) want someone with tainted anything in beliefs. Doing anything with my family! Get out! <laughs> Get out! I uh, want these crew members leaving! Okay. Get these ear sets off of me. I've had enough. Gargoyles! Psychics! Everything's ungodly! Dark sided! I'm glad you're home. Get the hell out of my house. In Jesus' name I pray. <laughs> the husband's who are you trying to convince of that? I'm glad you're home. No, you're not. That I hope that was sarcastic. So she's throwing out the camera crew. So fast. I've had enough. Oh, I just sit. Mom, come sit. Did you talk about astrology? No. Did you get hypnotized by her? No. Oh. I have taken a stand. I have taken a stand. I am not a fence-rider. I was over there praying for all these people, but I needed prayer. I needed was you to be praying for I you. need you You Mom, give me, I was praying for you every night that I was praying for you every but night. But I needed worried. your prayers. Uh-oh. So that's oh my. my mom. You did come to my mind. Oh, boy. There was nothing of God. Every day, it was nothing of God. I had to change the whole plans and make everybody go to a Catholic church Uh-oh. because I was leaving. Took the ear sets. I said, I am leaving. Okay, I can't take her anymore. But do you see what's happening there? That she's accusing others of being dark sided She's a God warrior. Maybe someone's got problems for a dark side herself. Maybe she's dark sided Maybe she... Has stuff going on that she's a little afraid of. God. <clears throat> I think so because she weighs about five bills. Um, something tells me, coming from someone uh, who's overeaten in the past herself, uh, that somebody's eating some dark-sided feelings. I'm just gonna throw that out there as a hypothesis. Oh my God! Why? <laughs> uh, I feel bad for religious people that are sane. That have to that have lunatics like this on uh mainstream shows. 'Cause not not all religious people are this crazy. But man, when they are, it is fun, fun, fun for me. <sighs> well, all right, bros. That's it. Um I hope you enjoyed this episode. The book I read is shit, man. Deborah Ford. And I can't even remember, I'm so sleep deprived. Let me look at it look is it but here we go. The dark side of the light chasers. And I think she's referring to people like you listening to the show. We're light chasers, right? We're trying to find the the bright side of the force, uh, but we need to acknowledge the dark side because I think the self-help movement does push down, uh, suppresses those dark feelings. But we all have them, and it's hard to know what to do with them. I think you have to acknowledge them. Otherwise, you become an alcoholic or um, a 500-pound Woman who accuses other people of being unchristian, dark-sighted people um, who are not Christian warriors. There you go. So that's been Deep Bros. I uh, thank you for listening and tune in next week. I don't know what my topic will be. Maybe I'll go in your emails and let's figure some cool shit out. All right. Have a dark week, guys. Get weird. Um, I'm going to get weird. That's what I've been doing. Just getting fucking weird, wilding out, exploring those dark feelings. All right. I love you. Bye. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize, Philosophize with, with. <laughs>